It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, I am your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, and I am joined, as always, by my co-pilot, my right-seater, and one of my very, very best friends, and I got some special intro music to bring him into tonight. Here we go. Just feel it. I know you're feeling it. I know you're feeling it. There it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kevin Jackson. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. This is my favorite time of the year. (laughs) What is good, my brother? Jackson. I love it. I love it. I love it. Talk about tonight. I love it. This is this is again one of my favorite times. If you've never had a weapons hot introduction, you've never been introduced. I feel privileged to be here once again. We got we do have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, you know, kind of some uh, I don't know some 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 minor housekeeping as we move towards the season. A little little schedule discussion. Uh, some some player number uh changes, which uh. You know, I kind of don't care, but uh, I kind of do. Um, it doesn't change anything in the grand scheme, but it does uh, give a little bit of an aesthetic for some of us who like to buy jerseys, and I do. I've got a few of my own in here. So, um, man, we got a lot to yeah, – look, it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan, CJ. Where do you want to start? Listen, tonight you already know there is already starting to be a bunch of people that are all bugging out about the schedule. Some people I saw like 11 and 6. I'm seeing 10 and 7. I'm seeing the first nine games are just absolutely ridiculous. The Jets are going to go 0 and 5. So I'm sure Scott Kalispe is going to be in the comments going, we're going to go 0 and 11 before we we get our first win. Fans are delusional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, look, dude. Uh, I mean... The only thing that I could do is we're going to go through the schedule game by game by game, okay? And once we do, then we'll go from there. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about stuff. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the schedule. We're going to talk about each game tonight. Tonight's episode is solely, solely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is going to be solely focused on the 2022 schedule. That is why, if you notice, tonight's episode, way too early predictions, right? We're going to have some fun up in this biz notch, all right? So, you remember last year when people were asking me for, you know, for predictions and stuff like that, and I was like, nah, man, I ain't getting caught up in it. I ain't getting caught up in it. Nope, sorry. And I did. And I did. I did. I know I did. Y'all know what happened. Everybody started, everybody was like, yeah, man, we're going to do what we got to do. Everybody started with the whole, yeah, Jets are going to go, Jets are going to win double digits. Man. So, y'all know. All right. You're, you're bringing back the, a chaotic time in my life, CJ. Right. Well, <laughs> here's the thing there, my man. I mean, look, we all felt really, really good about the team going into last year. New head coach, new regime, new coaching staff, Right. A lot of people were excited about the direction that the New York Jets were going. And what ended up happening? We allowed ourselves to get a little bit carried away. Okay? And what happened? Then the Jets, unfortunately, did not have great tidings. The schedule was not good to them, although a lot of people felt like the schedule should have been good to them. All right? 
I per- you know how I feel. I personally feel like that the Jets mishandled Zach Wilson last year. I feel like that, you know, Joe Flacco or Mike White or whoever should have started the first five games of the season. And then going into the bye week, they should have turned the keys over to the kid and then let the kid do his thing. But we already know how that turned out. So there's no use crying over spilt milk, right? So what are we going to do now? I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do now, okay? We are going to take a look at this year's schedule, go through it game by game, and actually have a realistic conversation based on which teams we are facing. Now, the New York Jets actually have the 17th hardest schedule, or they're tied for 17th, believe it or not, with the New England Patriots. So, you know, we're, we're middle of the pack. So... I personally believe that the New York Jets should, without a doubt, be able to improve upon the 4-13 and record. And they're going to have to. And the reason why they're going to have to is because Joe Douglas and Robert Sala both put themselves on blast. If you remember, if, if you remember well, right? Last year, right, we said six wins in two years is unacceptable, right? Joe Douglas talked about it at the end of the year press conference. Robert Sala talked about it, said he felt like that there were areas of the season last year in which he needed to improve as a head coach. Yeah. He felt that there were areas that the players needed to improve and that they should have done a better job of being able to put the players in better position for them to be successful. Now, another thing that we saw, Jax, and you know that I was pissing him on it about this all friggin', all, all friggin' year. The defense was on the field for more than 65 to 80 percent of the 17 games that they played last year. The only games that the New York Jets spent less than 60 percent of their defense on the field to win against the Bengals, the game in which they lost against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's it. Even the Tennessee game. Tennessee game, the Jets were on the the Jets defense was on the field for over 65% of the time. Completely unacceptable. Because if you are going to be successful as a football team, if you are going to be a competitive football team, then guess what you need to do? Your offense needs to grind the opposing team's defense into the ground. You need to beat the crap out of them the same way that they have beaten the crap out of you. Long time-consuming, minute-killing drives where you wear down a defense to the point you can get them to a position where you can exploit them. And if the Jets hope to be successful, that's what they're going to need to do. Jack, your thoughts? Everything that you just said is spot on. Obviously, it's very difficult to argue with that, knowing what the the, the end result was, right? Um I kind of do want to point to some things that uh, I think point to a positive, though, right? Because at at one point in the season, um, our defense was what like a top ten defense, like them for a few weeks. We literally looked like right. um, we had an opportunity to, to to really be something special, and then the rails kind of fell off, and uh, you know we we ended up getting what it is that we got. And I think that Joe Douglas did a decent job of of trying to address the the, the gaping wound uh, that we that we recognized last season I, th- I think it's really difficult knowing how many holes it is that we have uh to expect that he was going to be able to do it all at once but um we, we we've seen him do a lot in other places so my expectation is that we're going to see some improvement right um i i, I again want to be cautious with how it is that i i, I go about it saying um, that I really think that we're going to be good because I I kind of saw, I saw last season that we have the ability to be good. We have consistency issues. We have youth issues. We had talent deficiencies. Um, like Coach Salah said, um, they needed to get better. They still have some things that they need to do to improve. I don't know. I I, I feel calm right now for some reason. Look, I don't, I don't want to black out. I don't want to really just say, you know, I, I think that the – upcoming season is going to reveal some things not only about our team but also about other teams around the league and and maybe some of these teams that you would think would be were perennial powerhouses will not uh be in that cycle this season i know what it is that the systems are supposed to do for us 
And I think that Michael LaFleur is kind of an underrated aspect of what it is that we're going to put up on offense. Um, and, and I think that that directly relates to what it is that we're going to be able to do on defense because our defense is going to be well-rested. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having a, having a, a season where our defensive linemen are, are rotating and they don't get that many snaps because we're, we're on the field on offense so long. I, I wouldn't mind that. I don't think Quinn and Williams and them would like that coming into contract years, but uh, I think that's what it is that we have established. Um, you know, with, with with how this team has been constructed. I don't want to just be blindly positive and say that this is the season where, you know, the expectation is, you know, people are, are, are going to expect us to win because that's just not the case. We haven't earned that yet. Um, I think at the end of this season, there's probably going to be a little bit more than maybe even what it is that we can imagine just because, look, it, it, the, the tides are changing. Realistically, if you think about what it is that we've seen you know, just in, in, in New England, in, a, in our own division, um, they're falling off. They're falling off, and, it, and it's obvious. And I think nobody wants to just write them off because we still have this mystique of Bill Belichick. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, Tom's already won one without Bill. That was the X factor. I mean, I, I think that that, again, is, is you know, kind of why it is that I feel the way that I feel about our offense right now. I think uh, we drafted Zach Wilson at number two for a reason. He is very specifically designed uh to run this kind of uh you know offense he, this is this is what it is that he's he's built to do i think he's the most underrated player on this team as of right now people continue to want to say that he's the x factor and i do think that he is but i think it's just a matter of how good it is that he's going to be um and not necessarily if he's going to be good at all as much as we talk about the defense i think what it is that we do on offense is really going to be a big deal um because we know that we have talent and uh, if we are rotating those guys fresh in all the time, then I think maybe we should be more worried about if we're going to run down the guys on offense. Right. I completely agree. I mean, look, last year, you know, we had an issue with talent that Scott Cleese brought up in the comments. And I promise I'm going to read everybody's comments in just a moment. I just want to get my point on here. Um, I, I just want to get my point out here before I start reading the comments. And then we're going to turn our attention to the schedule tonight. We were an extremely young team. And yes, we were a little bit devoid of talent. The potential was there. But we did see some guys who stepped up, who did actually play well, and we saw some guys who took steps backward who really didn't play well. So, in, in, in essential, last year some people could look at it as a giant punt. I don't necessarily look at it that way. I, I think that it was basically 20 games of preseason that we looked at last year. Because Robert Sala said at the beginning of last year that it was going to get worse before it got better. and. Look, it, it did. I mean, we improved from the year before. We won two more games, but that's still not good enough. Again, six years, six wins in two years is not good enough. And especially you have a very impatient fan base that is watching other teams be able to turn the corner and be able to close the gap on being a trash team to a perennial playoff team in a very short amount of time, and this is what Jet fans, unfortunately, whether it's fair or not, they are looking at what to do. They want the Jets to follow the same blueprint like the Cincinnati Bengals, like the Tennessee Titans, etc., etc., etc. I could name 50 teams. Okay, I don't want to. Because look, the New York Jets are not the Cincinnati Bengals. They're not the Tennessee Titans. They're not the New England Patriots. They're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not the Baltimore Ravens. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not the Los, the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay? They're not teams that every single year are in the conversation to be in the playoffs and possibly make a deep run. The Jets are trying to get to that point. And unfortunately, when Joe Douglas first came in here, he basically had to rip this thing literally down to the studs. And I mean, like, whatever foundation was there, whatever rebuilding was going on, we already saw what the Jets were last year. They were able to take steps forward in certain areas. There, was, there were areas where we kind of just made a lateral move. And there were areas where we already knew, you know, where, where we already knew we needed to improve because going in, we didn't have all the horses. And I know Scott brought up a couple of things over there about injuries. 
Injuries are a part of the game. But you know what? Injuries cannot be used as an excuse in the National Football League. Especially when you have high expectations put to, put forth by a fan base, which is very, very aggravated with what they're seeing. That fan base doesn't want to hear excuses. They want wins. And I can't say that I blame them. So when people get pissed off, it is what it is. All right? So now, really quick, I want to get through all these comments. I'm going to try and get everybody's comment on the air before we start talking about the schedule. Scott Kalisby in here. Hello, gentlemen. Already shared. Shout out to Nick Nick Shine Jr. Try saying that five times fast. Um, He's watching tonight. He's hoping it's not 0-4. Guy Fisher saying, Jets pixie dust will be sprinkled tonight. No, I don't think so. There's no friggin' pixie dust over here. You know, maybe just the one in your lap from the lines of coke that you're snorting while you're watching the show. Sniff. All right. <laughs> uh, Salah went in there with all rookies damn near, plus injuries. Bartender line up the Kool-Aid. Here it comes. Here it comes. Guy Fishing, listen, this year we have some true dogs. We do. Call Falk in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us, our resident Bears fan. You got to be elite to beat them. Oh, my God, please, for the love of God, every team has injuries. Stop making excuses. Call Falk back in there. Dolphins keep getting better on paper. Now Ingram to pass rush on third downs. CJ, you better stop making sense. Jets fans won't be able to use all of their excuses. That's the whole point that we're not. Joseph Thomas, shout out to him joining us tonight. CJ, you talking crap about my Bengals? Yeah, I'm just hoping Sergeant Biggs is in the chat too. That would that would be hilarious too. Scott back in here. Kevin, I love you. You know that, but this team had zero talent last year. But Jet, some Jet fans overrate the talent on this team. Not zero, um, but... I feel Shout you. out to Justin Jett, who's tuning in tonight. Jets and consistency go together like oil and water. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's uh, the problem. That's been the problem. Right. That's been the problem for some time now. Uh, so you guys don't believe in the rebuild that Joe Douglas is doing? No, we believe in the rebuild. The problem is, is that there's so much pressure being put on Joe Douglas that this team needs to win now. Meanwhile, the MOOC, who just got out of here, Mike McCagney, Spent over $450 million over the course of five years in a quote-unquote rebuild. And none of them are here. And it didn't take. So when you have to rebuild the rebuild, is that Joe Douglas's fault? No. That's organizational incompetence. Now, am I giving Joe Douglas a pass? Absolutely not. Because he knew exactly what he was getting when he took this job. I'm just going to keep that real. I'm not sure what this is. Look, just, just realistically, we're all fans. I mean, everybody that's watching this show... And that, that is that revolves around anyone that watches this show and this fear understands that you know we are we have been in a real building mode. We just haven't had the people in position to actually you know accomplish what it is that you know Woody Johnson said that he he set out to do. And and again, um I, I think really a lot of it changed when Woody decided to get out of the way, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Woody, Woody, Woody gets out of the way and says, all right, you know, I trust Joe Douglas. I trust, you know, I guess at the time was it Adam Gase, but uh, I think he trusted Joe Douglas more to allow um, him to get rid of that guy. Uh, well, I mean, he played himself out anyway. I mean, let's just, just be real. He played himself out. Um, but 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 what it is that we've seen, and, 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 and Scott, I, I have to disagree a little. You say zero talent. I don't want to say zero because we come out of that season saying that, you know, we have some we have some pieces, but we have a lot of holes. You can't say zero talent when you know you have 53 men on the field and you and you got 12 guys on a team. That's kind of the, the situation that Joe Douglas uh, came into. 53 guys is a lot of guys. And not all of them are going to be superstars, but what he's doing is he's filling in that, you know, that last 19, 20, 25 guys. That's what he's doing. Um and right. and you know the, the reality is it, it's gonna take this season before we see it really solidified. Here's actually my rebuttal to that, Kevin, and I think you'll you'll appreciate this. Okay, when we talk about everything that has happened with the New York Jets up to this point, right? We have praised Joe Douglas for the for the drafts. We have praised Joe Douglas for his um for his free agency pickup, etc., etc., etc. Handling of the cat. He's, yeah. he's had to do all the ugly work, which should have been done five years before this cat got here. All right. Instead, now he's doing right here what we're seeing, which should have been done five years ago. But the problem is the doofus that we had in power five years ago didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. And that's the reason why we got the majority of the problems that we have now. 
So again, I'll bring up my point that I mentioned before. Jets fans now have this unrealistic expectation that if Joe Douglas does not make the playoffs, that he and Robert Salas should be fired at the end of this year. And I think that is absolutely asinine. Now I'm not giving them permission to go another 4-13. and 13. That's completely unacceptable. You have to take a step forward. You have to show me some progress because otherwise then some questions are going to need to be asked. But for right now, the Jets need to do better than they did last year. They need to show us at least eight, nine wins. I was about to say, it, I, I don't even think just, just better. I think they actually have to demonstrate being good. I don't mean kind of a middling team. I think we have to see, you know, that that ascension. And I think we actually have to see it uh, be enough to be easily recognizable from a distance. Right. And I think that's what that's that's how you scream to the folks on the West Coast in the AFC. Um, that's how you scream at them, that them teams. You know what I'm saying? That 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 have always looked at the Jets as uh, all we have to do is show up and everything is gonna be okay. A shot across the bow really kind of isn't it. You know, you gotta you gotta knock the emblem off, right? Right. You gotta let them know, you know what I'm saying? And and that's kind of where it is that we're at right now. So um that's my expectation. I'm just gonna keep it real. If the product that we get on the field is as aggressive and an attitude as what it is that we saw Joe Douglas do in the draft. We are going to ball, and it's going to be ugly. There are going to be quite a few teams that get put on notice. I want to temper my, my expectation because I think that, I, again, I think that we're going to be good. I want to not lose focus on what it, what it means to be consistent. And until we demonstrate consistency, I can't say I'm 100% sold on where it is that we're going. I do expect us to be good. We keep talking about what it means. And even me right now, I'm thinking nine wins is the threshold to say, okay, we're good. You know what I'm saying? Not, if we get nine wins, we don't go into next season talking about, oh, yeah, do we need to draft another quarterback, right? I don't think that's yep. the case. I think that what it is that we end up looking talking about is, you know, what other holes, like, is this going to be a season where we go linebacker first round, right? Something like that. Like, But then again, we can't have superstars at every position. We do need to fill holes. We still have some maturation that needs to take place in a lot of places, including the coaching staff. I don't feel like I want to condemn them right now. I don't feel like I want to be doom and gloom right now. I don't believe that no, that's where don't. it is that we are. So we're going to save all the doom and gloom for the schedule, which we're going to kick off. Jets open up the 2022 season at home against the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Let's actually do an unofficial win and loss record. I'm actually getting myself a, a pad and a piece of paper here. So that way we have some fun with this. Our way too early predictions. <laughs> Jax, Ravens, talk to me. Win or loss? I want to be bold, and I, I want, I'm going to say win. And I'm going to say win because I think uh, this is where that that aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball shows up. I think this is where we demonstrate that we can, we can be effective against the run. If we can be effective against the run against Baltimore and our offense actually shows up, because I think we're going to run the ball against them. I, don't, I, don't, I, I honestly don't think that's going to be a problem. I think I – think, uh, Brees Hall, you know, 85, 90 yards. I think Michael Carter, 75, 80 yards. That's what I think. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, Zach is going to do just enough. And I think it'll be a close game. If we have the ball last, we'll win the game. For me, Ravens, September 11th, I think it's going to be an emotional day. I think it's going to be an emotional game. I think that the New York Jets are going to want to come out and they're going to want to set the tone. And I think that they really don't give a damn what the Ravens are who's back there at quarterback, who they're playing. I think they're going to want to hit out the gate. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say that Jets maybe take a close one against the Ravens. So I'm going to put that as a W. Take that. All right. So Scott Kalispi, you get in the chat. Pick like you got money on the game, not with your heart. <laughs> I've already put 200 on the on the over uh, five and a half. So I think I may do that. I might have a Benji for, for that one right there specifically. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see as it gets closer. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested, though. I'm going to keep it real. I think there's going to be a lot of money made uh, on the Jets this season. All right, so week two, Jets in Cleveland to face the Browns. Deshaun Watson playing his second NFL game in, what, two years now? Jets versus Browns. Kevin, talk to me. What do you think? 
this reeks of letdown game. And I hate to say it because we've seen it so many times, really, right? I think coming off an emotional victory against Baltimore, if I'm being real, a very loaded Cleveland team, right? Cleveland is not a slouch. I'm, look, there is no expectation of us having an easy win. E look, even if Deshaun isn't, um, even if he does, you know, kind of face suspension, and there, there is a likelihood of that, right? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into it as if uh, Deshaun's going to be there. Um, I know he hasn't played in a while. I know I don't think the cat's forgotten how to play football. He is an elite quarterback. There is no doubt about that. It's part of the reason why I was kind of in the group that wanted to bring him in. I think it's a letdown game. I, I think we come out of this one and one. All right. So are you just one more time? You're you're predicting win or a loss? Loss. All right. Yeah. You know what? I actually agree with you on that one. Um, I think the Jets going to the Browns. I think that dependent upon whether or not. Deshaun Watson is playing or not. I have a feeling he will play in that game. So, and also the Browns are still loaded. They are a very dangerous team. So, I'm going to pick a loss for that one as well. All right. Now, September 25th, Bengals versus the Jets. 1 p.m. game. Jets are at home facing the AFC champion Bengals. What do you think? I want to say this is a revenge game for the Bengals, but I want to preface this by saying I don't think that the Mike White game is a true representation of what it is that these teams look like at that at that time, right? Um, I think everybody, they anointed Mike White because he was able to come in and look competent in this offense, but that is what this offense is designed to do. And Zach is better than Mike White. We're probably going to get a much better Bengals team than what it is that we got last season so i think it'll be a close game if i am doing what scott says i'm going to bet my heart on this one i'm going to bet that the bengals beat us really close but that we come out of this game and and when zach and and uh oh boy uh you know shake hands at, at you know after the game there's going to be some there's going to be some fear in his eyes looking at zach saying this kid is 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 coming and uh you know i think we'll be all right but um i don't think we win i don't think we beat cincinnati i think we come out of this one and two Okay. You know what? I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. I think that the Jets probably come out of the Browns game, come out of this game pissed off, and they're, they're basically just going to say, we don't care that you just came off a Super Bowl appearance. We don't care who you are. We don't care that Joe Burrow going to be throwing to a Jamar Chase and whatever, and the, the, the Bengals improved offensive line and improved defensive line. I think that uh, I seriously think that this is going to be a just grounded out street fight. And I think that the Jets will win this in a close battle. I hope you're right. So, <laughs> I, really I have them two and one I, right now. I you have them right. at one and two. I have them one and two. All but right. I, but I have, so, I, have them win, I have them win in the next game though. Right. Now, mind you, again, I want to preface these way too early predictions as we do not know what the final 53 of any team, including the New York Jets, is going to look like. This is just based off of what we saw last year. Okay? Again, I want to preface that. Because I can guarantee you when we start getting closer to training camp and we actually make our four real predictions... Then I could definitely see people say, Well, CJ, you said you were going to go 11 and 6. <laughs> well, Jax, you said they were going to go 12 and 5. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> I might have. You know? So. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, guys. Work with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh, right? Yep. October 2nd, 1 p.m., Jets in the Steel City to tee off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, mind you, looking like a very, very different Pittsburgh Steelers team. I think we go into Heinz Field and we stomp that ass. I think this is the week where we define ourselves as being the young book that, you know, we, we, you, you got to watch us on the yard, right? You got to watch us on the yard. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that is the game. You know, I, I'm just going to say this. Coming, coming out off of what would be a tragic loss in Cleveland and then a really spirited and hard-fought loss in Cincinnati only to come back and stomp two mud holes in, in, in Pittsburgh, 
getting ready to go into the home stretch before the bye with all of those games against Buffalo and, and the Patriots. I think the Steelers is a game that people really start to, you know, kind of take that triple take, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they're gonna, yeah, I they're agree. Gonna, You're not wrong now. Two and two coming out of this game for me. Okay. So you got them with a win. So you got them at two and two after four weeks. Yep. You know what? I think the Jets keep this game close, but I think that Mike Tomlin always finds a way to just steal one. I don't know what it is with the Jets and the Steelers, but there is sometimes like when we when we go there, I don't know. Just this game. I definitely feel you. I cannot be mad at that at all. I don't know. I think we take an L here. I think it's a lot closer than people think, but I think we take an L uh, against Pittsburgh. I respect it. All right. Week five. Here we go. Dolphins, October 9th. Jets at home. First division game. Talk to me. I want to phrase my words carefully here. Two is, is going to prove to be trash. We stopped Miami by at least two touchdowns. No question. I think this is probably where Brees Hall and Michael Carter established themselves as one of the top three running back duos in the league. And I think that this is a game where we set the tone for the rest of our season in the AFC. We're going to serve notice to Buffalo that, yeah, we know that you guys are the big dog, but don't expect it to be easy. And we're basically going to look at the Patriots and spit like, what now? That's what I think that we're going to try to do in this Miami game. Um, I think Miami is a statement game for us. I'm not necessarily saying we're going to beat the Bills. I do expect us to beat the Patriots, but I think this Miami game, I think this is probably where you see the nastiest play of this coming season, you're going to see it established in this game. Three and two. You know what? I have to agree with you in some sense right now. What I'm thinking is, I think the Jets completely stomped the Dolphins. And I think the reason being is because I think that the Dolphins on paper look really good. But let's face it, if you think about it, this is a team in transition. Brand new head coach, brand new regime. A lot of players over there are going to have to get used to a brand new offensive system, right? So it's going to be curious to see exactly what happens. I think personally that the Jets potentially could really put the beat down on the Dolphins and like you said, set the tone going in for the division. Now, that being said, the Jets have to tee off on somebody and I think the Dolphins are a perfect candidate and I do think that Tua is going to end up getting exposed. I really do. Tua's the scrub, man. After five weeks, I have him at three and two. You have him at three and two. Interesting. Now, October 16th, Jets in Green Bay to play the Packers. Nah, we're not ready yet. I'm yeah, just going to. We, we can go into the nuance if you want to, but we're not ready yet. We're not ready for Green Bay yet. No, I agree. I think that the Jets take one on the chin. I think, again, this is a good litmus test for the, for the New York Jets. Playing the Packers, the Packers again going deep in the playoffs last year. Yeah, right. I'm not saying I'm not saying we're going to get murdered, right? I'm not saying we're just right. going to completely outclassed, but I don't think we're ready to win yet. So, Arrow Marks in the chat, shout out to him. Arrow, um, he put a couple comments in here that I would that I want to read out. One, the Dolphins have no offensive line. Two, the Packers have no wide receivers. Yeah, that's um, true. But they still have one of the best running back duels in the league. We'll see how that works out because right. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can make anybody look good. And they did draft that that kid that I think is probably going to be Sauce's target. Errol says, <laughs> "I think the Jets beat the Packers as a surprise." I love it. That, that would it. that would be interesting. And look, I would I would happily be able to should the Jets beat the Packers, and I will uh, I will totally own it that I got it wrong. Look, I own but, it, but I mean that that's that's the best case scenario for us. From his right. lips, right? From his lips. Kiss that up to God right now. Let's do right. it. Because uh, if that's what we get, you already know my feelings on this. We're going to end the season respectably, right? right? But that that that's one of them. You know, kinda, kinda, you know say Like, did that really just happen? Right, exactly. All right. Now, October 23rd, 4 o'clock game. Actually, 4.05 game. Jets in Denver to play the Broncos. I don't know. That's hard. I don't know what Denver is going to be. I know they're going to run the ball because they've got the guys to be able to do that, including uh, Michael Carter's old running mate, Mr. Williams over there. Um, but this is a hard for me because if Russell comes in, I think they do have a really good shot at being a good team. And, we, you know, we, we don't we don't really play well on the West Coast either. So, I mean, it's difficult. 
I would think that would be a squeaker. I don't want to give us this game just quite yet. I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's going to be a close game. Denver pulls it out there by three. This this is one of them games where we say, yeah, you they they lost, but they didn't lose by much. Three points. <laughs> I'm answering Guy Fisher in the chat here. I know we're going to lose by thirty against the Packers, right? So and 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 I'm responding to him. Nah, I think it's close. Jets may lead, but Rodgers. Rodgers is too good. It'll be one of them games that Zach goes back and watches 20 times before the end of the season. The surgical, you know, precision of Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly what it is that we want him to look at. All right, so week seven, you said the Jets versus the Broncos, a uh, 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 win or a loss? Yeah, loss, loss against the Broncos. Okay, you know what? I'm actually picking a loss against them as well because the Broncos are such – they're a tough team like the Packers. I don't think that the Jets are ready. I think that they're, they'll keep it close. Just a button is for me, right? Because a lot of teams aren't really going to know what to expect from us. We're going to be able to kind of get a little bit of an upper uh, an, an upper hand on, on some folks. I think that's going to be the same thing with Denver. We're really kind of not going to be, be sure what it is that we're going to get from him. And I think that we do put up a value and fight. But uh, veteran leadership out there as well as a really good roster. I think they, they pull it out. <laughs> wow, Guy Fisher is like, you guys got me so da damn mad, I got to leave. Don't know if I'll be back for real. Guy, what are you mad about? I mean, we can't, look, pre we're, we're, we can't predict all wins. They're not all going to be wins. We're giving honest opinion right now based on we don't even know what the hell the 53-man roster is going to look like. All right, in all seriousness, we could go and we could take a look at the 53-man roster and the Jets could go completely and just spank the Packers and then go into Denver and absolutely spank the Broncos. And then we're, we're, we're all we're all just sitting here with our jaws on the ground, and we could be like seven and one or eight and one. Season's right. not over yet, guys. Season's not over right. yet, guys. Hang with us. Don't don't go nowhere yet. I know you bleed green and white all day. We we do too, but we also got to be realistic, bro. We got to be realistic. Other teams in the AFC got better just as much as the Jets did. It's early in the season. All right, October thirtieth, one o'clock game. Patriots come to MetLife. To play gangrene. I want to come to that game. game. After my birthday, I think I want to come to that game. We give Bill Belichick a little bit of what it is that he gave to us last season when we weren't in control of the outcome as much as we will be this game. 21-point victory. The beatdown. I think we run, 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 and run again. And then play action, murdered him like four times. I think Zach is going to have, you know, he'll he'll be like like twelve of seventeen with three touchdowns. <laughs> four touchdowns. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, look, we're going to beat the Patriots twice next season. Well, I agree with this home game. I think that the the Patriots come to the Jets the day before Halloween. You want to know something? I really think that. The Jets are going to treat the Patriots like fire and they're going to look to stomp them out. Because I think that the Jets are so tired of losing to the Patriots. The beatdown is coming. I think payback is coming. The Jets are finally going to get the best of the hoodie. Yeah, that's that's definitely a W. And get this, Jax. We get back-to-back -back home games. Because after the Patriots, you know who comes to town? <laughs> the reigning AFC East champion, Buffalo Bills. This is the litmus test where the New York Jets, if you really want to see if you can hang with the big boys. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. This is where you need to be right here. This is where it's at. All right. Talk to me. What do you think? I don't think we're going to beat Buffalo just yet. I don't think we have enough talent quite yet. You know You know what I will say? I, I will say this. They, they've got a better quarterback. I think our running game is comparable. I think... The, the development of our past defense is really going to have a big say in this game. I think that the difference is we don't have linebackers to be able to contend in the part of the field where Buffalo really does quite a bit of its damage. And I, I don't think we're able to overcome that. I think that's going to be where uh, Joe Douglas and, and his probably his pursuit of a linebacker is going to be solidified in that game in particular. You're we're not we're loss. Yeah, we're not beating Buffalo the first time. We may beat them the okay. second time, not the first time. Nah, I think the opposite. I think the Bills are going to come in, and I think the Jets are going to be riding so high on 
after just absolutely laying the smackdown on the Patriots, and knowing that the Bills always come into MetLife and smack the shit out of the Jets all the time, I think that the Jets are gonna look for are gonna look for some payback. I think this this game is gonna be a street fight. This game is seriously like back alley. Go get the bat. Go get the two by four. Somebody send the cops in a different direction. <laughs> All right. I think straight up there's going to be, there, there will be blood in this game. And I think the Jets take it. All right. So I got to win. You got a loss. Week 10, Jets go back on, after the bye week, go back on November 20th, Jets at Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Talk to me. I'm channeling my desire to have the Patriots just completely deflate and have them out of the conversation at all going forward. I think there is an ebb and flow to things in this league, and uh, this is this is an, an, an ebb period for them. They pull back a little bit. I think this is really when people start questioning if Mac Jones was uh, the right decision for Bill Belichick and that offense. I think people start to question if Bill Belichick is still as passionate about winning as he once was. Um, and I think that this also puts us in a very, very strong position in our division, knowing that we've got another game against Miami and another game against Buffalo. We win again. All right. So Jack's saying we sweep New England. I'm okay with that. I think we do too. I think that we sweep New England. I think we finally get the bugaboo. We get the bugaboo off our back. And I think we beat the Patriots. And we, we finally sweep them for the first time in forever. Yep. This is All a wrap right. for them. All right. Week 11, Bears at the Jets. Call Falk if you're listening. I hope you're tuning in for this one. All right. One o'clock game, November 27th. Talk to me. What do you think? I think we win this game too. But but I'm only saying that because I think we're really riding high right now. As we're, we're getting ready to come up on a really pivotal portion of the season, I think that we're going to start having an attitude that we can beat any any team if we bring our A game uh, every weekend. So this is another win for me here. Okay. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I think the Bears still don't know what they are or who they are. I think the Jets could take advantage of them. And honestly, for teams that are in flux and don't know who or what they really are, the Jets need to be able to beat up on these teams. I'm sorry. So I I think that this is probably as close to a must-win for the New York Jets as you can, as you can get. So, yeah, I agree with that. Jets take it over the Bears. So now, December 4th, Jets go to Minnesota to face the Minnesota Vikings. One o'clock game. Talk to me. What do you think? I'm just going to keep it real. I don't know what the Vikings are. Kirk Cousins, who who is always soundly hated around the league, but is also always, you know, relatively decent. I don't like it. I just I don't know who the Vikings are, and and I know that we're we're confident and we're we're kind of excited about where it is that we're at, but something is telling me that we still need to recognize who it is that we are, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. The Vikings is a game that kind of just scares me a little bit. I'll say no. I'll say loss here. Okay, I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I think the Jets go into Minnesota and smack the absolute shit out of the Vikings. I think that this is where this is where the Jets start to gain some momentum. They start looking at the standings. There's a real chance for a potential playoff push. And I think that the Jets are starting to scoreboard watch. And they're like, you want to know something? Why not us? Why not? Wow. Why can't we do it? Right. Nah, I'm sorry. Jet, Jets take it over the Vikings. Damn, now, scoreboard watching. Isn't, isn't, isn't that a novel idea for us? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Who, us? Who, the Jets? What? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what's up. All right. So, now, December 11th, Jets go to Orchard Park to play the Bills. What do you think? Week 13. I think we give them a scare this week. I think we scare the draws off of them because I think they beat us with a, with a last-minute field goal. They have to win on the very last drive of the game. That's where I think that we as a team will be versus them and our attitude and you know again i'm sure that some of these guys if if we're still healthy at that point in the season i think that the attitude is going to be that we're we are a pretty good team and that teams are going to have to respect us and i think when you go when as 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 a young team 
when you go into a place demanding respect, I think that it, it sets a tone and I think they kind of have to give it. We're going to demand some respect. They're going to have to give it, but they're going to be wiping their brow at the end of the game. Like, wow, by the skin of our teeth, we just won this game. Yep. I, I agree with you there. I think the Jets go into Orchard Park and really, really give the Bills a scare. I, I agree with you there. But I think the Bills run away with it in the fourth quarter. That's where I think that the Bills are probably like, you're good, but you're not, not to our level. Not just yet, right? <laughs> right. Not just yet. So, yeah, like, you- think about Tyson in his in his prime, right? You know how, like, some cats be like, Tyson be like, okay. You know, you get to the second round against Mike Tyson, and you're like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Then third round starts, and they just com- he just completely just unloads on you, and it's done in, like, within 10 seconds. I, I just think that the Jets have the puncher's chance. I think they, uh, well, I agree with you. I think they scare the Bills. I think the Bills find a way to pull it out. So I give them a loss for week 13. Not mad at that. Jets play the Lions at home December 18th. This should be awesome. What do you think? I think this is simple. I think we maul them. This is where it is that we see our defensive backs. I think this is where we see them being most tested. Jared Goff is is kind of fighting for his life there, right? I think Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver to come out of this draft. I don't think I'm I'm ready to come off of that just yet. I do think that that's who that – I think that's what that guy is. All right, so you think that the Lions – No, the Lions don't beat us. We we win. We beat the Lions. Yeah, I think we beat the Lions. I don't see them maybe getting more than more than five or six wins. They still have a long a long road to climb, and I got a lot of respect for Dan Campbell. You know, he's a very fiery, very passionate coach. But the Lions got some work to do over there. They they really do. So, and I just don't think they get it done against the Jets. So, all right, back to back home games, December twenty second, Jacksonville pays a visit. To MetLife Stadium. 8-15. This is a Sunday night game. So, prime time. The lone game. What do you think? There will be no doubt who was the number one quarterback in that class after this game. Facts. We murderized them. I don't even think it's, it's close. I think Jacksonville may actually still be in the running for that top three pick going into next season anyway. But I don't think that where it is that Joe Douglas has placed this roster is anywhere near what it is that they have. We are so much further ahead. Now, I'm not going to say they didn't do some some things this last draft because they got a couple of studs, right? But the roster is much further behind than where it is that we are right now. And uh, I don't necessarily know if I believe at all in, in Trevor Lawrence based on what it is that I saw. Here's what kind of gives me a little itch about this game. This is not Doug Marone... This is not this is not Urban Meyer, okay. So this is not a, like a pansy ass coach. This is this is Doug Peterson. I think that Doug, Doug Peterson is going to have this team prepared, and I think that the New York Jets need to. If you are really going to consider yourself a playoff team, this is a game you have to win. This is a game you have to win. You don't necessarily have to win convincingly, just. Win. Sunday night game, I think they get this W. This is the game that that twists the narrative between which is the lowest hanging fruit still available in the right. league. <laughs> right. So if there is ever a statement game that you want to make that the New York Jets are back as the lone game on Sunday night, this is the game where you flex. Zach Wilson flexes on national television. And they say, the New York Jets are back. Now, <laughs> big, big, big beefy going to show up. Come on right? now. Now, New Year's Day, the Jets go to Seattle to play the Seahawks. I think at this point, the Seahawks may have absolutely nothing to play for and may be playing for a top five pick, in my opinion, with the fact that that team is definitely on the decline and starting to head into a rebuild. What do you think? What's 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 my record so far? You have eight wins. I think this is a Geno Smith revenge game. <laughs> oh, don't even hand me that. Don't even hand me that. <laughs> I'm only saying that to, to stir the pot a little bit, but this is a Geno Smith revenge game. 
Don't you do that. Don't you do don't you wish that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? You Gino, you stop that. Gino comes in and saves Jamal Adams' ass from the ring of cuts. <laughs> now, I oh my God. Go I'm so mad at myself right now. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself right now. I'm taking the loss right now. <laughs> You're taking a loss? I'm taking the no. loss. No. Yes, I'm, I think, I'm the, I think the New York Jets go in there. And <laughs> they put the absolute boot to the Seahawks. I think that freaking Jamal Adams. I want to be so No wrong. doubt. I think that Jamal Adams gives up like three touchdowns by himself. <laughs> that is a dub. That is a big old dub. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So now, <laughs> final final game of the season. You have the Jets at eight wins so far. I have the Jets at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven wins. Okay? Eleven wins could potentially put you in a playoff running. Jets at the Dolphins, January 8th. Time to be determined. Could be a possibility if a wild card spot is on the line. Jets, Dolphins, what are you feeling? This win, the ninth win, puts us in the wild card hunt for this season because we're going to we're going to beat Miami too. So what is that nine wins? We're 9 and 8. Um we're second place in the division behind the Bills. Yeah. That's what's up. You have them at 9 and 8 and I think we go into the Dolphins because it could be a possibility that the Dolphins may already be be eliminated and trying to play spoiler. So, I don't know. You know what? I think at that point the Dolphins may have absolutely nothing to play for. They may just be looking to hurt people. Um, or they could be on the bubble themselves. But I give the Jets a win at South Beach. So now that puts it at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I have the Jets at 12 and 5. You have the Jets at 9 and 8. 9 and 8 could potentially get you in. Rock hard, maybe. Maybe. So I, I, I'll just keep it real. Again, my expectation isn't for us to be in the playoffs. The AFC is a monster conference this season. Right. It, 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 it is. It is just a monster conference. I would love to be able to grab my balls and say that we did it like that. You know, I just don't know if we're there just yet. I think we are going to make some noise, and we're going to put some folks on notice. But uh, do I expect playoffs? No. Do I think that a wild card, you know, mention should have a, a, a Jets uh, insignia on the graphic? Yeah, man, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think too. So at twelve and five, I think the Jets cracked, uh, finally uh, break the playoff drought, and they get in at nine and eight. You're kind of you're kind of somewhat again predicting that they get in as a wild card. I think they get in as a wild card as well. Um, the AFC is definitely stacked. It's going to be interesting to see how the Jets are going to shake out, but. I personally think 12 and 5 should be more than enough to get your playoff berth. But again, these are our way too early predictions. Let me again preface that. Tell Speedy to bookmark this uh this episode right, exactly. and <laughs> so, so that way we can eat crow at the end of the season. Hey CJ, remember you said they go 12 and 5? <laughs> I got a brand new hot sauce I want to try too, so let's get it. Right, in. <laughs> right. This is what <laughs> what Scott Kalispi's probably saying right now. <laughs> So he's probably saying, "This is what you guys are doing to me." Uh, thanks, thanks for thanks for hanging in with us, guys. We appreciate right, you. Right, exactly. We appreciate you. Uh, but to my prediction of playoffs, here we go. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way, right? Yeah, it, it, it's just, yeah. Look, play, playoffs is difficult, right? I know we're going to be coming up against it here. We're going to have our final thoughts in a moment. My expectations are a lot different. I, I expect us to be good. I just don't expect us to be world beaters just yet. Kevin Jackson. Going to take us in the spotlight. So who do we got in the white hot spotlight tonight, my friend? You know what? This is a real simple one. All right, guys. And I mean, you guys know, I, I kind of don't play around with these things because once you shine a light on someone, all that is within the universe of that player comes to mind. And this week, it's not a player. It's Mike LaFleur. And I think that Mike LaFleur has to be in the spotlight this week because of the past couple of weeks buildup to this point. We're going to talk about, you know, role players over the course of the next few weeks going into, you know, uh, OTAs and, and, and minicamp and, and all of that uh, within the next few months here. 
Um, but for right now, I'm just thinking in terms of philosophy. Mike LaFleur showed us last season that he can be creative. He can be fun. He can be unpredictable. He can be exciting. He can be all of those things with this offense if we have the players to execute it. And I think Joe Douglas actually recognized what it is that he saw last season and went and got pieces that's going to allow Mr. LaFleur to play with his new toys. And he's got one dope one, you know, the, the, the Woody of the Toy Story kind of box. You know what I'm saying? He's got Zach. And in that, he's given Zach a lot to, to really kind of look forward to, a lot to be lifted up by. He's designed this offense for Zach Wilson. That's the reason why we drafted Zach with the number two pick overall. Because of what we believe that he can do within the framework of this offense we saw what 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 mike white could do with it last season we saw what Josh johnson could do with it last season we saw in 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 kind of some more spots what it is that joe flacco could do with this offense and have it look as if it is efficient if it runs the way that it's supposed to with the offensive line being able to make waves and make room keep the quarterback upright mr lafleur's offense is going to probably garner some some head coach vibes here within the next few seasons. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself in thinking about that right now, um, but I do think that he's that good, and I think that he's this being the grounds for him proving it is going to be probably the best thing that ever happened in Florham Park, ever happened to the green and white. I think very deservedly the light is on Mike LaFleur. I think we're going to ball out. I think we're going to put up a lot of points. I really do. But I also think that he's going to be able to be smart and play ball control and just run the rock down your throat um, if we're trying to play ball control. Mr. Floor is in the spotlight this, this weekend, Mr. CJ. I am excited about the possibilities. I am hopeful for the health, the longevity, and the consistency. Yeah, I agree because you know what? Michael Floor already has his system in place. The Jets offense already knows exactly what's going to be expected expected from them. You have players that are coming in that are going to have to get used to this this system. But you know what? It's a rather familiar, uh, familiar system. So I'm really curious to see how players like CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin are going to come in and contribute. You know, can Kenny Yeboah take that, uh, take that step forward? Jeremy Ruckert, I would love to see him be able to come in and to put a stamp, being a lifelong Jets fan. So you know that he's going to bring some extra juice to the table. Zach Wilson is on a mission that he wants to prove to everybody that he can be the guy in New York. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on him. And that's not to mention the wide receiver room. Corey Davis, looking to have a bounce-back year. Denzel Mims, looking to have a bounce-back year. You've got Braxton Berrios, re-signed. You've got Jeff Smith, maybe battling for a roster spot. Garrett Wilson, okay, you've got Elijah Moore, okay. Just Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson. If that is not enough to get you excited as a New York Jets fan as your potential starting three wide receivers, that if Michael Floor takes the leash off of them, okay, that they could completely take the top off of every freaking defense that they face. If he if he uses them correctly with that talent. We've got talent. Okay? Even if Denzel Mims is at 50%, as long as he's not a freaking walking penalty machine, even if Denzel Mims is at 50%, and he can catch the ball, at least hang on to the ball, and not get himself into trouble. That's a step forward. Why not? Man, if that's all that it... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plus, a rebuilt offensive line. Guys that are ready to go. You've got mean and nasty boys up front. The potential between Michael Carter and now Brees Hall back there. Okay? The potential right there to activate those two guys. Two cats that could get to the second level at will. All right? How could you not be excited for the potential for what you could potentially see? Now, look, I'm not going to say we're going to go out and going to be world beaters. Let's just go out there and be competitive and let the chips fall where they may. But on paper, we take a look at the New York Jets. We take a look at the team that they fielded last year versus the team that they could potentially field this year. And it is night and day. They did make a lot of improvements. So now... All of these puzzle pieces, they all got to fit together, and the machine's got to work. And at the end of the day, 
The offense is going to go how Michael Ford goes. The offense is going to go how Zach Wilson goes. And hopefully, we see our offense on the field for 60 to 70 to 80% of the game instead of our defense. I think the additions of the tight end and the addition of Brees Hall makes that much, much, much more likely. All right. So, with that, that'll do it for In the Spotlight. So now, Kev, let's rock and roll. Final thoughts. Talk to me. It's a hell hell of a time to be a Jets fan. I know that some of the talk around the team lately has just really been been kind of in, insignificant stuff like jersey numbers and all of that but there is a place for that right there there is some there is some juju involved in you know what these jersey numbers look like right uh sauce sauce getting the one has easily solidified itself as probably one of the top two jerseys to be sold the breeze hall 20 i might be looking at that as as a black uh purchase for myself i'm not sure just quite yet um, I don't want to buy all black jerseys, but the way that it's looking, I don't know. We're noticing the evolution of the Jets fan, I think, right now. Um, th- th- that that enthusiasm that we got from Guy earlier, you know, being pissed off because we're not, you know, 17 and 0, right? <laughs> like, I love that. You don't even know. That's one of the reasons why I rock with Guy the way that I do because... Right, but every fan wants wants the team to go, to, to go 17 and 0. But there's a difference between straight up guzzling the green and white Kool-Aid and believing that everything is going to break the Jets' way and then actually being realistic. And the problem is, is that we don't have to look any further than the past couple of years to see where we've gotten excited about the, the potential and then what happened. Yeah, that's not what you said. I think it's just a recognition of where it is that we are. We were really bad and we're a little bit better. But we're not exactly where it is that we're going to need to be. Like we've been talking about you and I for what, how many ever years right now? Competitive sustainability. How long are we going to be able to, to, to keep this thing together? Are we going to really have to recognize the brilliance of Joe Douglas in a few years when it comes contract time and you've got to pay some of these guys uh, that we're bringing in and expecting to be, you know, extremely important cogs in, in, in this machine? My final thoughts, Wilson is underrated. And I think by midseason, he'll show we can kind of stop worrying. Brees Hall and Michael Carter are going to make it possible for Zach to completely settle down in the pocket. Um, I think our offensive line may end up being top five in the league um, at the end of the season once everything is said and done. If that is the case, probably will be one of the top five in rushing. And Zach Wilson will you know, have a pretty decent QBR even if he doesn't throw for 4,500 yards. I think we're going to be a good team. I just don't know how good yet. That's my final thought. Hell of a time to be a Jets fan. Let's go. All right. My final thoughts are basically just going to be as follows. I want everyone to gather close around their speakers, close to their phones, as CJ is going to tell you an abbreviated story as we're starting to come up against it. The Jets are still a team in transition. The Jets are still a team that are rebuilding. The Jets are still a team that have the potential to improve. In order for us to get excited about anything, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to get excited about everything, get me through the training camp and preseason at 100% health. I'll even settle for 85% health. But my big guns better be ready to play week one. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. 17 games. It's a long season. Guys are going to get hurt. Injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to have to step up. What we need to do is... As fans, we need to remain focused. Take a look at the positive, not so much on the negative. Jet fans have always concentrated on the negative for this team, and reason so. But I think it's about time that we flip the page. Flip the page, start looking at the potential of this team, and what the potential could be, as opposed to what has happened in the past. Because Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and the other guys on this team are doing everything in their power to remind New York Jet fans the past is the past. This is now. This is a new era of Jets football. So let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy each other. And hopefully, we have a much, much better season than we saw last year. Let's put Miles Austin on notice in that wide receiver room. If we can't see any production out of Denzel Mims this season at all, I'd question what the hell he's doing in there. 
Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'd like to thank everyone who is watching, all three of you. We appreciate you. We love you guys so much. Follow the show on Twitter at Weapons Hot Show. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime on the other side of the glass, at Spotty Blackman. And also, honorable mention to our XO, who is not here right now. Hopefully, we'll be joining us soon after he gets all his stuff Super together. Jay. Jimmy! Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. You can follow the show on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. Hit that like button. Our content's up there. Message us or message you right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think we're doing a great job and you love what we're doing, awesome. Send us a message. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. We love it. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football and we're just a couple of bozos up here with a microphone, that's fine. We'll troll back and forth with you. We got no problem with that. We take comments, big, tall, short, small, positive, negative, whatever. We love interacting with fans, regardless of whatever side of the fence you sit on. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Download the app. If you have an Android, go to Google Play. If you have an iPhone, go to the iOS store, in which you'll be able to search up the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app, where you can not only consume Weapons Hot, but also the other cool shows that are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good content. Weapons Hot also has a Facebook page, the home of Weapons Hot After Dark. Unfortunately, we have not done uh, any episodes on that, so it's it's kind of been sitting there collecting dust. Uh, we are planning to kick the tires on that sometime soon. That's basically the uncensored version of this show. So once we do, please check out social media for that. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And... Yours truly will be hosting Weapons Hot Mission Briefs tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. on Jets World. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, for Kevin, Mr. Spotty Blackman Jackson, and those of you that are watching live to us tonight, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your support because you guys are the best. This is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, Go Jets. And again, this has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.